0: So we're here with Paddy McCarthy at Crystal Palace Training Ground, Paddy's an old teammate of mine, played with him um, for many years at Crystal Palace, now the under-18s manager at Crystal Palace Football Club. So welcome Paddy to Football DNA, I want to start off by talking about your um, integration into professional football, your journey over from Ireland and now your role as under-18 manager at Crystal Palace Football Club. So how did the journey take place at 16 years old coming over from what was a um,
1: a very close um, community type football club over in Ireland? Um, just got scouted really for the representative teams. First of all, for me, what would be the equivalent of district? Um, from that, made it into the Euro- international setup. Um, started playing for Ireland in their 14s, and off the back of that, really was going back and forth to different clubs on trial, um, was offered a few contracts at different clubs and chose Man City. Um, great great decision I made really because it was a fantastic um, learning environment. Um, other Irish kids went over at the same time, Glen Whelan, Willow Flood, Stephen Elliott, Stephen Paisley, Brian Murphy, who you'll know, who you played with at QPR. So, um, yeah, it was was just a a great time to to go across to to the club, and Man City were really taking um, the academy sort of side of their football club forward, and and, it was ultimately the right decision for me. So, the manager who brought you over as your youth manager was Frankie
0: Bull. Long um, history developing young. Hungry footballers, develop, developing them not just as youth team players but into the first team environment as well. Was
1: that a big factor of you choosing Manchester City? Yeah, I mean, Frankie Boone was a was a massive reason for going over there. They also had Alex Gibson, who was a, a kind of ex England youth team coach. Um, so the whole sort of structure and setup of the club, and, and it, at, at that time, Man City playing at main Road, it was they had that kind of us against the world mentality, and it, it just Felt right for me. Um, it felt like a good fit. It felt like a place where I could go and develop not only as a as a as a football player but as a person. And that was something that that they massively ingrained into us there. It wasn't only sort of football development, but development as people. They they ingrained some great values. Um, and and the benefits of that is that even the lads that didn't go on to have successful careers and a hell of a lot did. There was off the top of my head, I, I can count probably seven or eight lads who had successful careers in England and back home in Ireland. Um, but lads who didn't have successful football careers had successful careers in other avenues. Um, I think that was down to the values that Frankie Bunn ingrained in us um, as people. The demands were high, uh, it wasn't always nice. Um, but you kinda, once you came through, you, you seen the benefits of it. So for two years as a
0: scholar Trying to find your way into professional football, you first found a, a pathway into the first team, if if I remember rightly. And then your first loan was Bol- um, was
1: Boston. Yeah, yeah. Boston was. I was in and around the reserves quite a lot um, from from quite a young age. And I was playing playing alongside at times Richard Dunn, Steve Howie, um, Paul Dickoff, and we were always kind of integrated into, into the first team training. I was massive. Um, playing with, training with and against these these types of players and um, the reserve league around that time especially in the northern section was, was really competitive um, and just playing on that playing in that league I got, got kind of spotted by um, I think Neil Thompson was the manager at, at Boston and Neil Redfern was his assistant and they see me play against Leeds um, in front of probably about seven or eight thousand. That was how the reserve league was back then because there was always 4 players playing. They seen you playing that game, I think I might might playing up against Darren Huckabee and Robbie Keane. So massive learning curve for for a young player. I coped with, with, with that test that night and um, off the back of that Boston came in and asked me did I want to go alone. Kevin Keegan pulled me into the office, asked me when I go to Boston. I said I didn't want to go to America, and he just kind of thought, oh, like, <laughs> "What have we, we brought here?" He told me it's down beside Skegness, so off I went. And I mean, that was just a, a fantastic learning curve for me. It was completely um, different to what I, what I was used to at Man City. It took me out. So Man City,
0: obviously Premier League, finding a pathway out of the league. You know, a real difficult different type of environment that you was used to and successfully earning that next loan into the football league with Notts County
1: yeah yeah well I think the start of the of me loan at Boston didn't start too well I got sent off on my debut um, and then I got dragged off at half time in the next game so now we're talking about resilience about characteristics yeah, yeah and then it was it, it, it was re- would have been easy for me to kind of go back into me comfort bubble at Man City but um, I had a had a chat with with Neil Thompson at the time, and he said, "Look, I like what I see. Um, when you're back from your suspension, I want you to stay. I want you to extend your loan, and I want you to fight for a place in the team. And that's what I've done, and, and kind of got back into the team, and proved myself at that level. And like you say, the next step was up a division with Notts County. Um, I think it was Billy Roeburn that was manager at the time. Um, relegation battle. So." The influences that you had in your, your
0: your early years stood you in good stead for that loan into into Boston into into that man's kind of atmosphere. That then situations where points really count, uh, mortgages are there to be paid for, and everything else. And, and what was the feeling of the the senior players when they saw this young, hungry Manchester City centre half coming for this loan?
1: Um they probably, I mean, straight away you need to impress them, I think, at work rate. Right? It's not about what wash bag you have or, or what car you drive. I think players respect you when, when they see you're willing to dig in, when they see you're willing to, to put in the hard yards alongside them. Um, and like I said, my first probably experience of, of the real men's game and where it matters um at that sort of level league too was when I, I lost my marker from a from a quarter in a in a derby game against Lincoln and he's nicked in front of me and and scored. Um, took complete responsibility of it was was having a decent enough game apart from that one instant. Um, Half time went in and Neil Redfern who was at that stage, probably 38, 39 years of age, I'm 19. He's played a thousand games at this stage and is still playing and still hungry and still showing a massive desire. And I've come in and, and end up apologising. Wow, he, he, he just let me, um, he, he proper let me have it. Um,
0: so I was, oh. And was that the first time you'd encountered that kind of reaction from
1: teammates? Uh, no, we used we, we used to have it. We used to have it out at Man City. We we never accepted people, people kind of So it didn't come as a shock to you then. No, it especially. wasn't a shock, but it wasn't a shock, but when it's when it's delivered by a man of that stature, it's it's different than, than say a Joey Barton or a Glenn Whelan. It's a different type of and it's in that environment, like you say, where it's it's do or die. Um so because i've been used to it with frankie bone because i've been used to it with my teammates and all probably my managers from from a a young age because of I've, I've, I've probably built up a resilience to it um so went out after a second half played well made sure that no marker got away from me for the corner that was for sure and after the game it was just a little pat on the back from neil redfern well done and that was for me I like that feeling. I like that feeling. So
0: slowly but surely he was
1: gaining confidence, he was gaining momentum, he was gaining
0: gain he was gaining games in under your belt and then the next move into into the football league with Knox County with Billy Daden yeah. arrived. How long was you at Notts County for, and, and what was different between a Boston out of the league into a Knox County
1: that was a, a different type of football club with a with a reputation to go with it as well? Well, Boston was League Two, um, so they were in the league at this stage, but again didn't have the infrastructure or resources of a league club, so they were they were fighting for their lives. Yeah. And um, in terms of the infrastructure, at Notts County was was better, wasn't wasn't. Right, because the, the club was in administration, you'll know Notts County probably still isn't isn't an ideal sort of um, infrastructure, it's getting better but at that stage um, we didn't have a lot lot of resources um, and, and Billy Deering was, was fantastic in terms of how he, he organised the team but the, the plan was to go on loan for eight games, um, the club was in a relegation battle, kind of go and help them um, but also, can they go and help me develop and give me that exposure in, in the league above what had been what I played before? After six games, we had, um, earned safety, um, so we, we were we couldn't get relegated. So I was looking forward to the last two games of the season to, to kind of obviously benefit me as a, as a player. Got called in and told, listen, you've been brilliant, but the administrators won't pay our wages now that. So I missed out on, on two valuable games that I see. So that kind of left a bit of a sour taste in my mouth. And when they asked me to go back the next season, I, I turned it down on the basis of, of that. Although, looking back now, um, it was probably completely out of the manager's control um, and in the hands of the administrator. And After going through what we went through at Crystal Palace, I can see now the importance of saving little bits and bobs, but at that stage of my life, I 19. I was pretty um, self-driven, um, and wanted, was desperate to play in them two games and build my profile and build more kind of keep the momentum going that i gained throughout that season. So six
0: games at Notts County, an experience at Boston, using all your experience from a you know a young hungry Irish international, takes yourself back to Manchester City, fighting for that first team spot. We know having had conversations that, that never really materialised. How did that make you feel as a young player when you saw perhaps opportunities given to other players that
1: wasn't given to you? Um, frustrated would probably be the word, but I never let that frustration kind of affect my performances or perf- affect my kind of desire to be better or my belief. I always believed in myself. I always Kevin Keegan probably was sick of me knocking on his door because I want I wanted to get in his first team and I wanted to know how I could get there and if I couldn't get there why and it got to a stage where I was playing really well from the reserves um, and an opportunity came for Kevin Keegan to put me into the into the first team. I, I, I was I think it was twenty twenty one. An opportunity came to, I think it was twenty at the time. Put me in the first team against Bolton and I'll never forget it because I was I was training and playing well I was confident and I thought come on this could be my opportunity. He put Danny Mills who was in England international, he played him at uh, centre half um, instead of me so that was kind of where I thought looking back now the right was on the wall so uh, I then kind of made my mind up that no I don't want to hang around here he's not going to trust me I know it's it's, it's not easy to trust a 20-year-old kid in such an important position but I was so sort of focused and self-driven that I thought if he's not going to trust me i want to go and, and, and play my football elsewhere so um, that's, that's when I knocked on the doors and looking but we, we've got to kind of come to an agreement where uh, what's best for both, both parties. So 21 years old you on your travels. First
0: real travel as a professional footballer, you come, you change your environment from, from Ireland into Manchester, and then suddenly, £100,000 later, you find your way as a signing under Craig Levine at Leicester City. How did that make you feel in terms of a young player, again, trying to make his stake his claim as a first-team player?
1: Um, it was... Again, looking back, it was it was kind of we played a reserve game on a Tuesday night, and then the next the next day it was into the into the office looking. We've accepted an offer for you. Do you want to go? We want you can stay if you want, but because you're still on that contract, we it's up to you. I want to go. It was just literally that as simple as that. Um, and when I went to Leicester again, I was just kind of motivated, first and foremost, to, to impress my peers and my teammates. I want them to, to, to trust me first and foremost and, and understand that I'm willing to do the hard yards with them. Um, and then after that was just to establish myself in in, in, in the team um, and, and kind of progress my career. So when you
0: move around football clubs, uh, uh, as we'll speak about later on in the piece, then first impressions are so key, aren't they? When you walk into a door, you know, when you walk into a door with senior professionals, with young professionals and trying to achieve the achievements that you have uh, that intends to go into into a new football club with. How do you how do you take care of them the first three or four days
1: as a young professional footballer? Well you present yourself well so making sure you you, you look the part because perception uh, perceptions most of them first impressions you only get one chance to, to make a first impression. Um, so make sure you present yourself well, make sure you're respectful to, to everybody and and, and and take time to, to talk and and um, talk and, and, and kind of connect with, with your teammates be true to yourself there's no point in trying to be something that you're not or fit into the group make sure you're true to yourself and f- first and foremost work your socks off people aren't interested when, when when we were players we were never interested in what car a new sign and drove into the, into the gate or what washbang he had, we were only interested in can he help us win football matches, can we trust him in the 90th minute of a of a, of a game. And that's basically my, my mentality was I, I wanna I wanna get in here and I wanna let these players know because they had a lot of established players at Leicester at the time, Dion Dublin, Lillian Dallas, um Keith Gillespie, Ian Walker. I want I wanna I want them to trust me, I want them to know that I can can play in their team, I can affect their team in a positive way and um, and, and that was basically my mentality. So we talk about the words trust
0: and we speak about that quite a lot in your early years as as a professional footballer. Craig Levine made you captain as a young player at Leicester City. How does that make senior players feel when a young 21, 22-year-old gets given that armband? And how did that make you feel as a young professional footballer? Um, I
1: don't really know how it made the senior players, players feel. I, I kind of... I didn't really think about how it made other people feel. And it didn't really affect me either. Uh, I, I brought to the table what I, what I naturally brought to the table, I didn't alter. I always voiced my, my opinions, I was always honest, I was always worked work my socks off, I always tried to lead by example and just a bit of cloth on my arm never really altered me or never really made me any different um, in, term, in terms of how I approached it. It was, it was a massive honour, I mean, to lead a club like that at such a young age I mean given the responsibility to captain the team and I remember the first game was was a, an FA Cup game um, against Tottenham at, at the Walker Stadium and, and Robbie Keane captain the other team and it was I'm 21 here live on TV um, Robbie Keane captain of Ireland on on the other side and it was just a, for me it, it made me feel like wow this is this is fantastic but it wasn't I've, I've got here I want to wrestle with Laurels it was this is this is felt kind of natural to be honest with you. Um, the the senior players were massively supportive. Alan Maybury was was a great support for me. Dion Dublin was, was brilliant. Um Craig Levine ex centre half and Captain of Parts as well was never really said a lot. It was just there you go and, and then it kinda of, we we it just rolled on like that. But it wasn't it wasn't easy when I went to Leicester. I mean I got into the team it wasn't just Plain sailing. There was bumps in the road. I got left out of the team um, because I, I had a dip in form, and then I had to had to really knuckle down. I, I didn't get disappointed. I, I I trained harder than I ever did. I done more than I ever 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 did to get back into the team. And I made sure when that opportunity came to get back in, I, I was ready to take it. Um, so it wasn't all just clear sailing. It wasn't this. I've come from Man City. i get getting the team. It's, everything's great. I, I was out of the team probably at the start of that season, and this was January. And then I was I was captain because I took took the kick and got up and, and, and carried on. And yeah, it was it was. Look at looking back, it was it was massive. But when you're when you're in amongst it, you don't you don't think of of, of how that looks on the outside, or how it's perceived, or the or the magnitude of captain. And, it was such a club at, at a young age, it just just felt
0: natural felt like okay. it, yeah. So leadership qualities you've shown in your junior years over in Ireland, you brought them over to England with Manchester City, you had your experiences on your two loans, then into a, your first money move, and then your next move takes you into, into London with Charlton, with Alan Pardew. Yeah. Did you see a big difference in playing for a northern club, a Midlands-based club, with Leicester, and obviously with your early days at Manchester City, to then coming down into into the, the capital, playing for a, a major football club like
1: Charlton Athletic? Um, I, I, I'd suggest all the clubs that I was I was at were were, were big football clubs: Man City, Leicester, Charlton, and um, had just been relegated. Was the changing room different? Yeah, a little bit. Um, a little bit. The, the London changing rooms. The majority of them probably are a little bit different to the changing rooms up north, and that's just that's a, probably a fact that you know, and, and anybody who's been to the two different would be able to able to recognise. Um, but <laughs> I think Charlton was probably a move that I wasn't. I wanted to stay at Leicester. Um, because I, I was enjoying it and I was captain there, but when an offer comes in for you that the club accepts, um, I was never too keen on moving down to London in the first place. My family were settled, but when, when that offer is accepted, I think you kind of have to see the writings on, not the writings on the wall, but Charlton, when I went down to meet them, were, were really throwing everything out, getting promoted to the Premier League. Um, they sold me, sold me this kind of were were having a right goal which, which they did in fairness. I mean the, the whole club infrastructure was was, was, it was a great setup of a fantastic football club. Um, so I, I did make the move but probably in, in hindsight wasn't the right time to, to move away from Leicester but um it's just how it works out. Obviously
0: you know you're into your, your third spell at a different football club, still relatively young in your in your early stages see that difficulty in perhaps a childhood not trying to get that final that final move back into the Premier League seeing a disappointment then recognising that you have to move again into Crystal Palace yes. and this is where me and Paddy met as uh, uh, as footballers and this is where I met Paddy and more importantly his personality and this is where I saw now your leadership qualities coming to the fore, we spent a lot of time talking about um, formative years with, with, with early coaches and there was one coach that I remember you speaking about very early and that was Rob Kelly mm-hmm. at Leicester. And it was that conversation that I thought then, this guy has got definite um, responsibilities in terms of leading his career forward. And it was then at Crystal Palace where injuries started coming into your game. Was it that time that got you thinking about your future years, about where you are
1: now as a youth youth coach at Crystal Palace? Um, Yes. When I, when I when I got injured injured yes I, I think I think I um, I started to do my qualifications but I was always aware of of, of the, the kind of the career of a footballer is, is short term. My uncle was great as well. My uncle Sean was a was a semi pro footballer in, in in Ireland. He always kind of used to speak to me, do your level two, do your B license, do your A license, be prepared for when you retire. And then the PFA stuck on these workshops all the time and it's not like the lads, this information is out there mm. and it's getting thrown at all of these academy players and and, and and the academy parents and everybody tells you that it's a short career. Senior pros tell you enjoy it, enjoy it while you can, it's over before, before you know it. And the PFA come in and give you educational courses. They Um, they tell you that you need to set up a pension you need to look after your money you need to do this, you need to do that and I listened (laughs) basically Um, some players didn't and found themselves in in, in difficulty I listened and I thought yes I need to have something to fall back on when I retire from the game Um, and I want to stay in the game because that's all I know Um, coaching is something that interests me Rob Kelly was certainly somebody who I taught loved being on the grass and he, he made coaching look enjoyable. Um, Is that the key to coaching? Do you have
0: to go and portray yourself in a way that allows the players to become excited about
1: that person who's taking that session? Yeah, I, 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 I'd say so. Yeah, Excited, motivated, um, loads of different things. I, I think coming and seeing you work at Cambridge, um, it's you, you you knew when to crack the whip, you knew when to have a laugh, you knew how to when when the lads needed uh, a rest, when they needed to be pushed physically, mentally, uh, and and that was something that I always tried to recognise with with different coaches. You you were an expert at that in terms of you had it down to the individual. He needs this, he needs that, he needs. Is this. it the
0: individual rather than the collection of players as a junior coach, as a as a young player coming into, into hopefully professional footballer. Do we, do we concentrate more on the team, the whole group, or is it our responsibility to coach the individual
1: knowing that, listen, not everybody's gonna become a professional footballer? Um, I, think it's, I think it's both. I think you have to coach the individual, definitely. We're, we're certainly at our club, we have individual development programs for all players. Um, they have to understand how to play within a team structure and the importance of your job within a team structure. But ultimately when you talk about responsibility, the player has to take responsibility. The player has to make the right decisions on and off the pitch. He has to be conscious of the information that we're giving him um, and digest that and put it put it to practice out on the football pitch. So yes, we can we can put all of these support mechanisms around the individual, be it for his individual development or the team's development, but ultimately it comes down when you talk about the word responsibility, um, it comes down to the players. The player, the players who take responsibility of their own career will be the ones that succeed. The ones who don't and blame everybody else will be the ones who ultimately fail.
0: So these values that you're now carrying into your role here at Crystal Palace. Are these your values that are inside you right from the very word go when you decided that you wanted to be a professional footballer? Or were these values gained over an experience with a Frankie Bunn, with a Rob Kelly, with various other coaches that you played with in the early years
1: of your professional football career? I would say both. Um, I-, I can remember when I was a kid crying when I got beat on it in a game of football on the street. Clear memory, I, I remember the, the kid's name and everything and, and just was, was completely blown away that somebody beat me to the point of tears, which sounds really strange, but that's a, a memory that sticks in my mind. So I would say that definitely, but then I would say that with the right guidance throughout my career, with the right people, married up with the right teammates, with the right coaches with the right support mechanisms in terms of um, family, friends um, coaches, managers all of these all of these things I think help develop the natural part of a Florida um, so I, I would definitely say it's both I, I think you, you find a hard push to motivate somebody 100% everyday you, you, you have to have something within you that, that makes you want to get up out of bed and and, um, and and be the best that you can be, and that's something that I know you still have, something that I still have, and um, and and I just I want it when I when I get something I want to earn, it. Um, so yeah I'd say I'd say I'd say you have to have something within you to start with, but then it can be nurtured by by the right people and having the right people we've spoken about this a lot having the right people. Um, around you, I think, is, is massively important. The right influences around you. Um, if you want to have a good perception of who you are yourself, I think you, you have a look at the people closely. If, if the people around close to you are solid stand-up people, who you think, you know what, I'd like to be like him, naturally you're going to be one of them. If you look at their phone book or you're standing in a group of people and you think, he's a bit of an idiot, he's an untrustworthy, he's a bit of an idiot, Nine times out of ten, you're going to be one of them. So we're talking about a career that's
0: spanned a number of games, a number of highs, lows, different experiences. Starting your coaching pathway at a fantastic football club. What's next
1: for Paddy McCarthy? Ooh. Every day is a skill day, really. I'm um, in I've, I've a fantastic place where I'm learning, a testing environment with at, at a level that. Um, really kind of testing um, i'm learning tactically every day i'm learning um, i'm learning kind of more than i would ever learn in in any other other environment at like this football club and it's it's, it's been tough uh, i've got to say this this coaching at this level is is extremely tough and it's testing at times but i'm enjoying every every last minute of it and um, i've had a good response from from the lads Individually and collectively, um, but it's I'm still in the early years. I'm probably a year, just over a year into the job, um, and I think it's 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 been perfect for me coming out of playing um, and into 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 this kind of coaching role that I found myself in. Um, has been been probably the best thing that could have happened to me. I, I such a, a, a great club as well. A club that that I think marries up with my my values and certainly your values, we we speak about this quite a lot. So in terms of the future, um, who knows, who knows, I I just want to be the best Crystal Palace under 18s coach that I can be, Um, and after that, no, who who knows where where, where we'll end up. Well this is it. Obviously, you know, I've
0: come to the end of the interview with, with Paddy to Thank you very much for taking the time in your, in your busy you schedule. Show. I'll put it on my credit card. <laughs> and um, I think what we're trying to do here is is, is enlighten people to a different pathway, a different, a, a different way of reaching different roles in football. Everybody has different characteristics. Everybody has a different history. But I think... What we've come to the conclusion on, not just this interview, but many conversations that we've we've spoken with each other is that it actually comes from within. We can have all the, the guidance and we can have all the facilities, we can have all the knowledge, but it does come from in that individual, which is, which is unique really because I wasn't the best player in the under-18 football club. I can speak on behalf of Paddy and say, perhaps Paddy wasn't the best player at his under-18 football club, but we've reached a point in our lives now where we've maximised, and I think that's key to any individual. The message from me to to people who are watching this interview, to to a to a parent, to an uncle, to an aunt, to a, to a trainee, to a future coach is try and be the best that you possibly can because ultimately there's that mirror in front of you that you have to look into, and that's um, my message of the day. So. Paddy, hey, thank you very much. Wish you all well for the rest of the season and um, win that league as an under-18 manager because that'll be on your CV for the rest of your career as well. Hi, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Football DNA Podcast. We're looking at releasing a new podcast weekly, so listen out for those. In the meantime, you can join the DNA community on a free three-day trial and gain access to over 600 videos from the professionals, including the brand new individual skills program with over 100 challenges suited to all age and abilities. Just visit footballdna.co.uk. Stay safe and well, everyone. All the best.